You are listening to You Heard It Here Second. Find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, or DerekAndSteve.com. Subscribe and follow today. And there's just three big brains battling it out. Derek and Steve present... If Ken Jennings wins, he will be the greatest of all time, which he should be because he's the greatest of all time, obviously. Right. right. Is it more drama or comedy? Definitely more drama than comedy. Yeah. I, I, I will default to Momo's recommendation for who to root for in Jeopardy. Yeah. Right. Please, Luke, come on the podcast. <laughs> We're going to try to plan to get one of our esteemed Oscars experts uh, to join us. You heard it here second. Hello and welcome to episode number 144 of You Heard It Here Second. I am Derek alongside Steve. Steve, how's it going? Derek, it is going well. I am Steve <laughs> alongside another person here. Um, we have our longtime listener, multiple time guest, friend of the pod, James Murphy's Law Murphy. Uh, he's sitting with us to talk Oscar today, but he's going to w- be with us the whole time. Murph, how's it going? It's going great. Long time listener, fourth time caller. <laughs> Happy to be here. <laughs> it has been a while, though. When was the last time you were on? Yeah. It's been a while. I took a sabbatical to go become a master of business yeah. in New York City. <laughs> but now that I'm out of school, I'm back and ready for action. Ready to become a master of podcast. Love it. Hmm. You're you're back to what you were meant to do, which is be a guest on this highly esteemed podcast called You Heard It Here Second. If that's my ceiling, then God save my soul. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I do want to shout out that you recently got engaged. Uh, Congrats, Murph. We're all very excited. To another longtime listener, Devin McCarthy, friend of the pod. Yep. We've had had, uh, had two-time guest, I believe. Two-time guest, I think. Yeah. She's in the running for second most (laughs) popular guest on the pod. (laughs) We call them pod appearances. Pod appearances. But yeah, yeah, we're we're making it a family affair going forward. Love it. Yeah, it'll be it'll be more convenient for us to get you on. Uh, yeah, to exactly. get you both on if you're in the same household all the time. Soon we'll have two voices for Murphy's Law. <laughs> oh, that's cute. Exactly. Bring the whole family in. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, thanks to Murph for joining us. Uh, we're here for episode 144. Um, we're gonna get started with uh, one half of sports and one half of pop of pop culture. So without further ado, let's kick it into half number one, which is sports. All right, so sports is a tough one today. Uh, we're going to start with what is probably the most tragic news that we've covered on this podcast, I think. Um, mm-hmm. Suddenly and really just shockingly on Sunday, uh, Kobe Bryant, uh, as well as eight others aboard a helicopter, uh, lost their lives in a, in a tragic crash, um, really, truly shocking the sports world um, and the, the world the world in general, I think. Um don't know where to start with this one, Steve. What, what, what's your first reaction seeing this on Sunday? Aside from everyone's first reaction, which was this has to be fake, right? Hopefully, this is fake. Yeah, um, you're you're right. This is by far the most serious thing we've covered on the pod. So I don't know really what to say, but I, I will say it was yesterday when it happened. So yeah, this is still very fresh. Um, I, I'm I I am still kind of having trouble processing it. Like I, Kobe Bryant just seemed like he would always be around. He was a very public figure, 
we knew him very well. Like you could have strong opinions about him, but he he was very consistent in our lives, especially if you yeah. watch basketball. So I I mean, obviously, it's a terrible, terrible thing. Um, Kobe passed away. His daughter Gianna. Um, I'll I'll name the other people too, just out of respect. We have John Altabelli, Carrie Altabelli, Alyssa Altabelli, Christina Mauser, Sarah Chester, Peyton Chester. And Ara Zabayan all passed away in that uh, helicopter crash. So I don't know what else to say. Uh, I mean, we could talk about the the reaction, the outpouring of love. But yeah. um, Murph, did you have what were what were your first thoughts when this happened? Well, I think there's plenty of more informed people out there and pundits who had better relationships to Kobe who can do his uh, commemorate his memory much better than I can. But I think mm-hmm. a common um, story that's been going around is has been related to how Kobe, although he accomplished so much more than any of us could in 41 years um, of the first half of his life, I think what everyone is most saddened about is how much life and um, stuff he was committed to after um, his basketball career, which he was just getting started. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to his, you know, awesome and important duties as a father. So I think everyone's just saddened by how much more life that Kobe had and, and meant to live. Yeah. I mean, I think, you know, we've, there have been a few instances that we've seen, um, sudden tragic star athletes, you know, lose their lives. It's happened a few times, like, uh, you know, up there on, as far as this topic of seriousness, Steve, we did talk about when, uh, Jose Fernandez lost his life right. extremely True. suddenly he's an all-star superstar pitcher, but, but that that didn't. It just th- this is a whole different stratosphere of impact. It feels like this was a um, and this was in our lifetime. We will have watched maybe three total basketball players who will he, have been as good as he was. He was a yeah. legend. Like yeah, he wasn't just he, good. He was he represented basketball. Like, yeah, it's wild. I mean, most people would would absolutely accept the argument that he's a, t- a top you know three to five player of all time. I would say he's, I would say he's surefire a top three basketball icon of all time. Absolutely, you know, like he he's he's you know when he especially, I mean, you know, even some of the tweets that just kind of bring to light the fact that an entire gen, like literally, a a fifteen year probably range of generation of ages of kids for their entire childhood crumpled up a ball of paper and threw it into a trash can and yelled Kobe, mm-hmm. like. But like it's a lot of the little things like that that really drive home the the impact that he had on the sports world on kind of, you know, on on the audience as a whole and the generation as a whole. But what I think what I think is remarkable about it is that it's the current superstar generation of the current NBA idolized him. Yeah as well as most as the the most of the current NBA fan base idolized him and and or if not idolized like you know had feelings about him in some way one way or another either you hated you hated him cuz you rooted against him hated you know in the sports in the sports way of it or you loved him cuz you were a Lakers fan or you were a Kobe fan or whatever and it's just it's just we've never seen like someone with such a polarizing um affinity across all real ages of an audience at a given time it's just it's just stunning, and then when you put in the rest of the passengers on that helicopter, including his thirteen year old daughter, it's right. just it's gut wrenching. Right. It's it's really hard to believe. I mean the the entire bas not just the basketball world, but the entire world still kind of shook up. I mean the Lakers 
Lakers and Clippers, both LA teams, mm-hmm. asked the game to be canceled because they they're yeah. like still dealing with the grief of it, and and it's yeah. I felt like all games should have been canceled, but it's kind of hard to do last minute. So it's yeah. just been a very upsetting day and an upsetting few days. And then, like I said, it 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 hasn't sunk in yet. I still like haven't fully wrapped my head around him being gone. It, it, it took me a while. I, it's it, you know. I think it took a few hours for me to, for it to start to sink in um, with kind of seeing the reporting and not really being sure what what was verified and not in the beginning. Um, it, it definitely it, it took a while to sink in, but I think um, yeah, it, it's it's really just unbelievable. And seeing the outpouring of support is obviously great. I agree with you that I I kind of think that the game should have been canceled yesterday too, um, just given again like this extremely unique scenario where where the 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 cream of the crop in the current NBA like if you if you remove the guys that are LeBron's age right like remove those guys and and pretty much every other all-star in this league right now idolized Kobe Bryant like that was you know like I was looking at Jason Tatum's Instagram post and it's like like this is the reason I started playing basketball was this guy and and it's just like that that just perpetuates across all these guys so my my thought was that they probably should have canceled the Sunday games as well just cuz it's it's such a toll for these players to play on under, under that shocking kind of, you know, heart wrenching moment, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's still so new, like we said. So this is going to, this isn't going to be the tribute that we give to Kobe. He's going to get, he's going to get yeah. way more and, and he's going to be a first ballot hall of famer and potentially have statues and things named after him. And it's, it, we haven't seen the last of, of this. So, um, I mean, all we can say is, is rest in peace to him and his daughter and, thoughts and prayers to everyone involved yeah absolutely uh murph any any final thoughts you already alluded to how like growing up kids would say like kobe like whether they missed a shot terribly or (laughs) made a nice jumper so i think a great way to just continue on his legacy is to like keep doing that and not oh yeah for sure um not saying kobe on a missed shot or a made shot i think kind of to keep his legacy alive just keep it up my favorite kobe quote of all time to that end, Murph was, and I still say this, like when I'm out yeah, there yeah, shooting, I know you're going to say it because you've said it. He yeah. goes, "I'd rather go 0 for 27 than 0 for 8, because 0 for 8 means you got scared and stopped shooting." Yeah, yeah. And so, like, his stats would be terrible, and that's what he would say. He's like, "I didn't stop shooting. Like, I trusted myself and kept going." So, yeah, it's that mentality, and. You know, I think, uh, you know, along the lines of what Murph said with continuing that kind of age old tradition of, of saying Kobe when you kind of gesture that fadeaway jumper. But um, but, you know, there, there's already been some rumors with the NBA about, you know, retiring one or both of his numbers. I know the Dallas Mavericks already uh, kind of, you know, he never played for Dallas, but Mark <laughs> Cuban's obviously a big figure in the NBA. And he already announced that no one's going to wear a 24 again for Dallas. Um, there's some circles of Twitter that want the NBA logo to become Kobe Bryant, which, uh, I wouldn't rule out. I think, uh, you know, it's been Jerry West for a very long time. Uh, Jerry West would be in a great position to hand that honor down to Kobe Bryant being the guy that, that traded for Kobe Bryant on draft day and was really kind of shaken by this as well, saying he felt like it was a son that he lost. Mm. Um, so that is something I could see happening as well to honor his legacy a bit too. Um, but yeah, just a just a terribly tragic uh, situation, and it's tough to. You know, just the it's really one of those that's remarkable coincidences around the timing of it too. Like the day after LeBron James passes Kobe 
on the on the all time scoring list to number three. Yeah. Like Kobe called him the night the night before his death and and congratulated him on that. Then that day with all those raw emotions, the Staples Center is hosting the Grammys that night. Mm. It's like imagine being in that building like with that feeling with all those celebrity stars that undoubtedly all knew Kobe Bryant. Like it's just a, it's a remarkable circumstance around it and just, just really tough for everyone involved yesterday and, and, you know, today and really for, for a while, I think. So, um, thoughts and prayers with, with the families of everybody affected and, uh, hopefully everybody can, can be able to deal with this as best they can. So, um, any closing thoughts from either of you guys on that? Yep. All right, so uh, moving from basketball, we go to the other sports topic we have, which is uh, Super Bowl coming up on Sunday. Uh, the 49ers and the Chiefs. I think that uh, Steve and I, uh, I don't remember who predicted what. Um, I know that this was... I think this was my uh, call, by the way. This was your call? I think I this think was this, this, half of a call for me, this I is think, who of I was what I was rooting for. for. for sure. yeah. yeah, this is who you're rooting for, yeah. I was rooting for Tennessee, I think, mm-hmm. um, but I, re- I was rooting for the Niners, um, I don't, I don't dislike the chiefs at all either, but, um, so 49ers chiefs, uh, matchup of the best defense and the best offense in the NFL. I don't know if that's, uh, exact statistically true, but it's regarded as true. These it's, you know, based on the way they've played in the way, especially the way they, the way they've played in the playoffs. Um, so what are your first thoughts? A, if you want to talk about any of the conference championship, uh, games, but then B the thoughts on the Super Bowl. No, my, my first thoughts are one of our worst fears has come true, Derek, and it's the worst color matchup that we could have. In the oh, Super God. Bowl. I was thinking about this all day on Championship <laughs> yeah. Sunday. It's disgusting. It's so gross. Yeah. So it's like right, white and red versus white, red, and gold. Um, so it's not. Well, it's, white, red, it's, it's white, red, and gold versus white, red, and yellow. Like, right, basically. Right. It's it's like, oh, God. It's like you mix in the 49ers and the Chiefs gold slash yellow. One of them is gold. One, oh, it's terrible. It's terrible. Like, so that, that I'm not looking forward to. They will do it right. They're not going to both wear red. But still, yeah, it's not right. very pleasing yeah. for like the Chiefs to have red pants and the 49ers to have uh, red shirts. So I I think the 49ers have asked to wear their all whites. I think they've asked. Oh, really? But the NFL doesn't like to do stuff like that because it's it's not fun. They're the no fun league. So like yeah. they don't want it's the Super Bowl. So they want them to be wearing their like classic 49ers they're, uniform. They're, yeah. Uh, but they're, I think they're trying to work around it. Uh, other than that, I I'm happy. This is going to be a great football game and I'm happy with whoever wins I think 49ers are sick John Lynch is their GM I think Pat Mahomes is sick he should he deserves the championship um yeah I'm I'm pumped I mean and, and I saw Murph added a halftime show so I'm sure he's got a little uh <laughs> thoughts on I'm that pumped. I'm pumped because it's anybody but the Pats this year I feel like <laughs> let's go that's valid. That's fair. <laughs> this is just, it's just great for all parties involved. And the other thing I have to look forward to outside of football is the halftime show. Jennifer Lopez, Jenny from the block, yes. is going to break it down uh, in Miami, of all places. True. Um, and I feel like she's going to put on an epic performance. JLo's been on a heater this past year, um, you know, getting engaged to A Rod and then in the breakout movie of the year hustlers you know an instant classic (laughs) style story about strippers and hustlers in new york city so and that that movie although it's not nominated for best (laughs) film should be in consideration because j-lo's performance was top-notch and it's insane her body of work is still 
bringing the heat at 50 years old. <laughs> yeah. So I don't think I don't have anything bad to say about that performance and looking forward to Sunday's uh, halftime show as well. Uh, who you got winning, you go. Murph? 49ers or Chiefs? I am going to go with uh, Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. Ooh. I just think he is kind of the up and coming face of the NFL. And I think it's his time to solidify that. Yeah, I think that's probably right. I'm I'm gonna take the 49ers. I I think defense wins championships, and this is this is that. You like you said, Derek, best offense mm-hmm. versus best defense, and 49ers have the D. It does feel like uh, in Super Bowls, it has been time after time in the matchups of those best offense, best defense. It feels like every time it's the best defense that has been winning in these Super Bowls when a matchup like that comes up. You know, it just happened last year with the Patriots and the Rams, um, or not that the Rams were I think technically number one, but. Um, but but just w- when those when those powers collide, I go with the 49ers here as well. I agree with everything Murph said about Mahomes. Obviously, I think Mahomes is going to win multiple championships in his career. Um, but I think this 49ers team, I was sleeping on them. I, I mean, a lot of people have, yeah. have been like, eh, are they really as good? Are they really that good? And then, you know, just, you know, game after game, they're going out there and, and this defense is out. This defensive line is nuts. Like, the, like their D line is crazy. John Lynch, like you said, built an outstanding team. Um, and the, the thing that I think people are forgetting is that this running game is amazing. Like the 49ers running game, their offensive line, it's all just like dominant. And, and, and you know, Garoppolo has not had to do much, but, uh, you know, he's making the throws when he needs to. I, I think 49ers win. And also one reason I'm rooting for the 49ers that I literally just learned this like two weeks ago. You know, Wes Welker is 49ers wide receivers coach. What? Did not, didn't know that at all. And I, I learned it like two weeks ago and. Because all this stuff is like, oh, Welker can finally win a Super Bowl because he's been to three, I think, and lost them all uh, as a player. And so uh, this is his chance for redemption as wide receivers coach of the 49ers. So, uh, so I, I'm taking the 49ers. I do have one more question for Murph because we, we got to ask someone while, while we have them. Eli Manning retirement. How does it make you feel? Because you're a Giants fan, right, Murph? I'm a Giants fan. <clears throat> But I think it was time, and I'm glad he went out as a giant, a giant forever. Uh, it's definitely sad that the end of end of an era is over, but I think it was definitely um, the right time for him to step away from the game. You know, at the end of the day, he's got two championships against uh, the best team and uh, player of all time, and Tom Brady and the Patriots. So that's something that will hold over Derek and the rest of Pat's nation forever. <laughs> uh. Um. So. Uh, here's uh, one question for you about Eli. Are you putting Eli in the Hall of Fame, Murph? I think I am. I think the common two Super uh, Bowls. You gotta give a guy two. Super yeah, you gotta give a guy two. Yeah, I agree. And the the two time um, defeater of Tom Brady. I think that alone gets him into the to the the Hall of Fame. But in addition, um, although he wasn't uh, maybe the top player in his position for really any year he was always consistent he had that most consistent games played i think set a record or was close to setting a record and i think just his consistency and his ability to show up day in and day out and put on um an above average performance and and set passing records gets him in yeah i i'm with you on that uh not advocating strongly for it but i would never disagree with that logic because i think that the i think your performance in the huge moments in history like should have a ton of weight when it comes to Hall of Fame voting, yeah. like like kind of a, not to dive into it, but a, an aside is like people a lot of times debate whether like a guy like Julian Edelman should be in the Hall of Fame, right? And like he's never up there in the stats with receiving, he's not in the all time list with Jerry Rice and stuff, but all in the playoffs he is. 
So I'd be a hypocrite if I argued against Eli for those elite moments because a guy like Edelman, I think, belongs there as well. Um, one more topic, if you guys are okay with this before we move on, because I just remembered it when we were talking about it and we haven't talked about it yet, Steve, on the podcast. Let's do um, it. I, just real quick, and I want your thoughts. And Murph, you're, being a New York fan, I think you have some thoughts on this too. Uh, congratulations to Derek Jeter on getting into the Hall of Fame. Um, oh, yeah. I think that it was ridiculous how much outrage there was about him not being unanimous. I think that I think that that's a red Sox being a unanimous. No, there, there's been one. There's only been one unanimous Hall of Famer in history, and it's Mariano Rivera. I don't think that Derek Jeter was good enough to be the next up from Mariano Rivera. I mean, there have been so many amazingly good baseball players in history, like Derek Jeter, first ballot Hall of Famer for sure. I just thought it was crazy that there was so much outrage that one guy didn't vote for him. So that's my take. I don't know if you guys have thoughts on that. I just I, I think that he's an icon, but I don't think that he was. I mean, if you look at his his stats in his career, I I I think he should be unanimous, but mainly because the the way that the voting works is that as a baseball yeah. writer, you get to vote for like ten out of twenty people. Oh yeah, the, that yeah. means someone didn't yeah. put him so I top ten. Someone I just agree. did it. Someone did it out of spite. I agree, but think about every other Hall of Famer in history. None of them have been unanimous besides Rivera. So like. You know, you could say the same thing. Like, I agree with you in, in principle, but like Randy Johnson, Pedro Martinez, like somebody didn't vote for those guys either, which it was also I know it sounds class. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Kurt I, Schilling I, got votes over him. Yeah. Well, that's yeah, that's dumb. But I, I, yeah, I, <laughs> I'm just saying I think the out, the outrage was a little silly. I thought that's my only take. That's I fair. agree. At the end of the day, he's going to be in the Hall of Fame. And if I had to pick one Yankee to get a unanimous Hall of Fame ballot, I'd pick Mariano over Derek Jeter. Oh, so, for sure. So I think yeah. in, in 10, 15, 20 years' time, I don't think we're really going to be yeah, caring no one too much remember. about yeah. the one missed vote he didn't get to get into the Hall of Fame. Yeah. <laughs> like, give me a break. Derek yeah, will. Very true. <laughs> no, no, I, no I, was, I was saying that the outrage about it was, was unwarranted. Yeah, well, when um, Nomar Garciaparra makes it in. <laughs> he's not going to make it in. He's not going to make it in. Um, all right, so that, that's it for sports. Anything else uh, before we move it on? No. All right, time for half number two, which is pop culture. All righty, so pop culture, we have... Uh, a full half of Oscars here. And Murph, I'm going to let you introduce it um, with your advertisement for this segment. What would you like to say? So longtime listeners will remember that this segment is called Murphy's Law because anything that can be watched will be watched. And the Oscars are no exception. <laughs> yeah. It's so, yeah, so true. I, I like the end of there. You added I got That's some good. deja vu there. <laughs> hey, I'm bringing it back. Yeah. It feels like we're just sitting in the uh, apartment in the North End. <laughs> Oh, bring me back. <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want me to run this, Derek, or I'll, do you want to take the lead? Yeah. I mean, so, uh, so yeah, we, we can kind of guide you through it. So we'll start. Um, why don't you start by, uh, why don't you give us the nominees for Best Picture? Give us your credentials first. Yeah. Actually, start with the credentials. My, cred- I've, my credentials, I don't really know <laughs> what credentials <laughs> that would be, but I am passionate about this uh, industry as a side gig, I guess. Yeah. And I've seen five out of the nine best picture movies. So I think that makes okay. me, like any normal American, uh, perfectly qualified to judge <laughs> these leading films. And you have a business Excellent. degree. 
And now I have a business degree, so <laughs> I'm a master in uh, movie business. <laughs> All right, so uh, Murph, what we're gonna have you do? Let's have you first run through the nine nominees for best picture, and we can save your pick until the end. Okay, so let's 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 mention the movies, and we'll circle back to it after we do the actor and actress. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Great. So uh, overall, it's been a great year, movies. I think uh, this year compared to last year. Um, just to quickly run through the nine best Oscar, best picture movies for this year. The first is Ford v Ferrari with uh, Christian Bale and Matt Damon. Then The Irishman with the all-star cast of Robert De Niro, Joe Pesci, and Al Pacino. Then you got Taika Waititi's Jojo Rabbit about uh, the Hitler youth. Then Joker with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, Next is Little Women, comprised of an all-star cast of um, modern-day powerhouse female actresses. And then Marriage Story, an old tale between Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson. Uh, 1917 with two up-and-coming actresses, actors, excuse me, set in World War I. Uh, Quentin Tarantino's Once Upon a Time in Hollywood with Brad Pitt and Leonardo DiCaprio. And then last but not least, Bong Joon-ho's Parasite. All right. So good, good crop of movies there. And now, uh, why don't we go before we circle back and you can give your thoughts on those. Let's talk about the lead actor and lead actress. We'll start with lead actor. Yep. Uh, lead actor, Antonio Banderas, Pain and Glory, Leo for Once Upon a Time, Adam Driver in Marriage Story, Joaquin Phoenix, Joker, Jonathan Price, Two Popes. And then for actress, it's Cynthia Revo and Harriet, Scarlett Johansson, Marriage Story, Saoirse Ronan, Little Women, Charlize Theron, Bombshell, and then Renee Zellweger, Judy. There you go. So uh, good cast there. Good good bunch of uh, nom- nominations for, for those categories. So um, decent amount of overlap between in the as far as the nominees and the actor and actress uh, overlapping with those movies in the best picture. Um, so Murph, I'll leave it up to you or Steve. Do you have anything to add in before we have Murph kind of break down these uh, who, who he's gotten, what is how he views these fields? Um, no, I'm just the one thing I want to say is this is the least amount of Oscar movies that I've ever seen. Like I've only, I only have seen one of these and it's the Irish. Oh yeah. Yeah. Same for me. Um, and that's surprising to me. So I don't know what that says about the movies, but like maybe, and they're more accessible. Like two of them are on Netflix. Well, yeah. The, the, the weird thing for me is like, I've heard of, I like know about all these movies in comparison to like last year. I didn't really even know about all the movies. I just haven't seen them. I feel like all of them are still in theaters though. Is that usually the case? Yeah. I think most of them are still in theaters because they want audiences to go because of all this um, press that they're getting before mm-hmm. um, the ceremony in, in two weeks or a week. Um, it just it makes sense to have them in theaters and be accessible to drive in, you know, more revenues for the right, right. for the studios. Right. Um, but I'm surprised and kind of not surprised that you guys haven't seen these movies. You know, I think just in general our generation getting to movie theaters is I think Mm -hmm. the industry as a whole has seen a decline. So I'm not surprised. Like I don't think it's just the crop of movie. I just think it's our entertainment and media viewing patterns as a whole. Like people are less likely to go to movies unless they're like, unless they're dying to see something. Um, But I think the slate is great. Um, I think just to give my favorite for the year, I think um, 1917 will be, um, the best picture. And I think, um, the odds are in as well that this, the rest of the street and Hollywood think that, um, it's going to be the best picture. 
primarily because the technical achievement alone, it's shot in kind of one take, is quite the spectacle. And was the whole movie? The whole movie is made to seem like it exists in one take that doesn't have any cuts. So it's really awesome. And I didn't realize that. And um, and the action scenes and the acting um, and just the the viewing experience was heightened because of it. Is it a is it a sh- movie you should see in theaters? Will it will it will I not get the full experience if I don't watch it in theaters? I mean, people are saying that it's it depends how good your TV is in your <laughs> living room um, on a law student budget. I don't know, but I mean, I, I would say if this was one, if you have to see one of these, I would see 1917 in, in the movie theater. Cool, nice. And I think the rest of you know Hollywood and the voters for the Oscar Oscars are generally of the same mindset and will vote for a movie like 1917 that's driving mm-hmm. people to the theaters and, and is, is, is such an experience. Right. Mm. Yeah. I, I had heard excellent things about 1917 and I had seen many tweets about like, you know, people literally like, like, you know, you know how, um, there's a lot of things where it's a, a lot of, uh, elements of movies where it's like, if you don't notice it, it's a good thing. But like, like if you don't notice anything about it, it means that it was done so excellently. Like I saw a lot of tweets of people being like, this went so it was so overly good that it crossed that barrier. And I was thinking about it. Oh, <laughs> they were like, yeah. I, I was thinking about how good the directing is like every, every like this whole movie. I just like couldn't stop appreciating like how good the directing was. Um, so like I've, I've heard a lot of things along that line. And, and it makes a little more sense now that you said that it's a one take movie or a one take appearance, at least um, for that movie. Now I'm even more um, intrigued to see it based on that on that review. No, definitely so. recommend. And then I think 1917 is the consensus favorite, but the dark horse in this race is uh, Parasite, yes. which unfortunately I haven't seen yet. But it's by director Bong Joon-ho, and it's a movie out of South Korea. And he's previously directed um, some pretty solid movies in like Snowpiercer and Okja oh. and um, uh, I can't remember the others, but he it's getting – a lot of underground dark horse buzz because it wasn't up for the common golden globe, um, uh, categories, but I think Hollywood and critics in general are really high on it. So it might come in and and upset 1917, but it would be a really big shock. And I'm not sure that the Oscar voting body is necessarily progressive enough to vote in a foreign film as best picture. Mm. Um, versus uh, right. a standard traditional Hollywood favorite like 1917. Right, right. Murph, are you? So this is a little bit changes topic, but there was talks of potentially adding a popular movie category to the Oscars, yeah, right. like so that Avengers could win a an Oscar for something, or like movies like that 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 just blow up the box office but are not Oscar quote unquote worthy movies. Are you pro that or are you Oscar traditionalist? They were talking about doing that last year and then they, they rescinded on that. Yeah. I mean, I, I think it's really just more of a marketing play to get more audiences that traditionally wouldn't tune into the Oscars to tune in. Um, but if that was the case, then I'm all for it. But at the same time, I don't necessarily think, I think those box office movie driving movies are great spectacles and entertainment, but I don't know if they can be considered, you know, the best quality 
picture. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Cool. So, uh, so 1917 is your pick on the uh, on the movies. What about uh, lead actor and lead actress? You got any picks or thoughts on on the nominees you mentioned earlier for them? Um, if you have you guys seen Joker, Walking Phoenix I no, I is yet. went to above and beyond. The dude is out there in terms of like his performance and also just outside of acting, he is like a strange guy. But I think that <laughs> makes for the a be- even better performance where he can like fully inhabit um the joker mentality and mm-hmm. like persona so he's the favorite there but i think it's rightfully deserved cool nice and then for lead actress renee zellweger is the favorite in judy but it's a movie that's no one's seen so like i don't mm. have anything to say about that <laughs> um and she gave a really weird acceptance speech at the golden globes so i wouldn't be surprised that, that maybe swayed some other voters to go away so i mm. think if i had to pick a dark horse i think i'd pick um scarlett johansson and marriage story she was great Ooh. in it um but the favorite right now is renee but i'm hoping for an upset i am also pumped that there's so many netflix nominations like yeah bring the streaming platforms into this i'm into it yeah exactly marriage story and um the Irishman, Irishman right? yeah. were two great movies on Netflix, and I was pumped because you get to watch them at your leisure in your living room. So I think I'm excited if more movies in the future that um, wouldn't necessarily be seen in wide release at the movie theaters can, can come to our small screen and accessible via you know streaming apps. Right. Yeah, it does seem like that is becoming more and more prevalent as far as... Um, I, I think really only Netflix. I don't think any of the other streaming... Uh, services have gotten an original into the nomination list that I can remember at least. I don't know if there was Amazon, a Hulu original. Um, Amazon, Amazon had the Big Sick and Manchester by the oh, Sea. Right, right. Oh, um, so and that one didn't it? Manchester by the Am- Sea. Yeah, but actually, I don't know if it was released. It was through Amazon Studios, but I don't know if it was released on the streaming platform. But um, right. But still, there's still yeah, definitely the, the, a lot of room for for right. that activity. But it's something you know that's still you know in the works. Yeah, it's good. It's good that it's on the rise. So, um, so Steve, any other thoughts on on the Oscars or or I guess pop uh, movies in general? On movies in general, uh, <laughs> I like movies. <laughs> um, no, I, I mean that's, this is good. I, I'm yeah. The thing is, now I want to watch all these. Like I, you have yeah, these, me too. Like I don't know. There's not. There's eight movies that are Oscar worthy movies that I haven't seen floating around. So something to, Which, something to do. And I feel like, like I said before, I think every year I, I, I see this list and I'm like, oh, I haven't really seen many of these at all. Um, but I actually like am more intrigued by them this year, like, like just based on the coverage they've gotten. Maybe it's the fact that you said like a lot of them are in theaters now, like and you're exposed to them more recently, like Murph said, generating buzz and getting people to want to watch them around the time of the Oscars. Right. Um, but yeah, I think this year, more than other years, I'm I'm intrigued by this list and like actually want to go watch them. So. So uh, good job by Murph getting us uh, the uh, the Academy's going to write him his check for his performance yeah. as usual, uh, even though he doesn't disclose that to us. We know that's going on. So <laughs> no, yeah, no. Unfortunately, I would love to be blackmailed or uh, <laughs> slipped a little money under the table to recommend a movie, but unfortunately, that's not the case yet. <laughs> um. All right, so uh, I think that does it for pop culture. Uh, you want to go into the final drive, Steve? You want? We'll keep Murph long for the final drive. He can add something if he Murph, wants. Do you want to do a final Give- drive? Do you have anything to add? <laughs> yeah, I got something small to add. Sure, <laughs> do it. Cool. <laughs> All right. Um, so, Steve, do you want to go first, second, or third? 
I want to go third, just because I, I don't get okay. to go third ever. So Murph, do you want to go first or second? <laughs> I'll go lucky number two. <laughs> All right, I'll go first. Um, so, uh, so my final drive. Uh, some of you who are friends with me might have seen this on social media. This is uh, rare for me to do this on our podcast, and it's a little bit like treason to Steve, but. I'm going to be advertising another podcast in my final drive here. <laughs> um, so uh, we've been podcasting here for a while. As you know, it's episode 144. It's a lot of episodes. Um, and I've taken that hobby over to work um, at my at my company. We're launching a podcast called Data Points. Uh, I'm in the learning group. So it's going to be a learning focus, kind of like 15-minute episodes about uh, our software products and like kind of the and other uh, kind of modern concepts in, in software and tech today. Um, targeted at our our users as a learner group, but really, you know, there's there'll be a lot of stuff for generic interest in technology concepts if you want to take a listen to it. So, uh, do me a favor, go and subscribe to that one as well as you heard it here second, so that you can have two podcasts in your lineup. Uh, there'll be about one or two episodes a month, not not too frequent and not too long of episodes, but uh, had to do the shout out and uh, hopefully give it a follow there. So, data points uh, by Inner Systems Learning Services is the are, podcast. Are you, you the host? For. So, I'm the host of. I'm not like the defined permanent host, but I will most frequently be the host. Yes. Sweet. So, so there you go. That, that'll be long, uh, first, ep- first episodes will be coming out in February. So, uh, so that's good. Uh, kick it over to Murph. He can go second. All right. I wanted to list, wish all the, you heard it here. Second user, uh, listeners, a happy Chinese new year. <laughs> uh, all right. Chinese new year was uh, this past weekend. And for the first time ever, I celebrated it with a bunch of friends from business school uh, we had some friends rent out the bottom floor of the Peking Duck House restaurant in here in New York City, which I had never been to. Um, and it was the first time I've ever had Peking Duck uh, alongside my friends, and it was a blast. So um, next year, around this time, I highly recommend uh, you all check out your local Chinese New Year celebrations. Uh, and uh, I had a great first time doing it and we'll be sure to do it uh, next year as well. How does it compare to the other uh, New Year's celebration, like normal New Year's? Um, 10 times more MSG consumption <laughs> in Chinese New Year versus uh, regular New Year's. More, more champagne than the other one, but both both equally as fun. Cool. <laughs> nice. And also was in bed before midnight this time. Oh, nice. <laughs> Um, okay, so my final drive is uh, I'm just do a little plug for Fleabag on Amazon. Uh, it's a comedy show. I think there's only going to be two seasons, at least from the way the second season ended. I watched them both. First season is it's really good and unique, but it, in my opinion, it's like not good. It's not like enjoyable. It's a very painful show to watch. Mm. It's, there's a lot of like uh, dysfunction in this family. A lot of bad things happen. It is a comedy, but it's. It's kind of tough to get through. And then season two is phenomenal. Season two is is way worth getting through season one of Fleabag. It's nice. super, super unique. You're not going to watch a, a comedy like it. And maybe comedies may start changing because of it. Uh, but it's very, very unique, very special. Um, and touches on a lot of really interesting topics. I'm sure you've like heard the the spiel of, of season two or why it exists. But highly recommend Fleabag. And if you only want to watch one season, watch season two. It's way better than season one. There you go. So you can watch season two without watching season one. You can watch season two without watching. Does it make sense? You, I mean, you'll you'll have to develop like get better. All the characters are the same, so like right, you won't. Right, right, right. I don't know. You won't have all the backstories, but like you don't really need them to be honest. Right. Gotcha. Yeah. Cool. 
So there you go. There's episode 144 of You Heard Your Second. Thanks again to Murph for joining us and uh, breaking down the Oscars as well as all the other topics we had today. Thanks for uh, having me. I'll be back in two years' time. Yeah. <laughs> Schedule me in. Yeah. Oh, sorry. We got a thing that day. Oh. <laughs> All right. Then another two. <laughs> so we'll get that one on the calendar. Uh, and we'll see you guys next time for episode 145. Later days.